Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Episode 53 of the podcast that's still sweeping the nation. It's been over a year or almost a year at this point, but we are still here. It is one man's opinion. Welcome to it, everybody. Yes, the 53rd episode of this podcast. We are now into the NFL offseason and already have some fun, folks. More episodes. We're cranking them out. Different topics, baseball, football, basketball-related, life-related, everything and anything that's on your mind. I am Jeff Mans. by the way. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, commenting. However, if you're listening in the car with somebody you know, hey, one man's opinion, go out and get it. Subscribe to it now. It's free. That's what we do. This is a free podcast for everybody. You could find me, Jeff Mans at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Also, my work can be found at fantasyguru.com, all things seasonal fantasy sports, including the 2021 fantasy football rankings, projections, the staff fantasy football mock draft that we just completed over there as well, and fantasy baseball draft guide. Everything you need to win in fantasy baseball 2021 is over there with the help of my dudes, Ray Flowers, Vlad Sedler, Ted Schuster, Rob Povia, and the like. Find daily fantasy sports content at EliteFantasy.com. All things daily fantasy NBA, NHL, PGA, MMA, NASCAR, and anything else you could think of. I will be full front on the daily fantasy baseball content, writing the cash game breakdowns every single day, doing live streams and podcasts and all different types of write-ups and cheat sheets over there at elitefantasy.com for this coming major league baseball season, elite sports betting.com where you find all of our legalized sports betting content, the daily dime, our brand new, totally free. You get a bet of the day. You get a good looking girl picture, very provocative picture of the day. You get a, uh, game uh, preview for the biggest game in any sport that night. You get trivia, you get news commentary, you get spreads, you get everything. It's free. The Daily Dime. Just go to leadsportsbetting.com slash the Daily Dime to uh, get on that email list for free. No cost to you whatsoever, everybody. So welcome to it. We, uh, again, we're past the football season. I'm going to talk a little bit football. I'm going to get into our mock draft over there, fantasyguru.com, tell you who the first and second round picks in that mock draft have been. Talk about that. Uh, Also got some fantasy baseball topics to hit on today's show. But one of the things that I've wanted to do for a while now, since basically football season started and it overwhelmed this show. I want to talk about get rich quick schemes. That's right. They're schemes. It's bullshit. All right. I'm telling you guys this in advance and I'm, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to go through it with you. Why this is on my mind, how to avoid these situations, how to identify whether or not you are part of a pyramid and or get rich quick scheme, why they don't work. I just prove it fundamentally to you i know it's not what you wanted to hear in fact we're going to name this show get rich quick because i bet you some of you are downloading it thinking i've got the solution i do have the solution for you i really do i will tell you how to get rich i will if i can do it you can do it right i i will tell you but i also tell you right out it's not what you're going to want to hear it's not oh if you just buy the stock and no 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 So I'll talk about that um, in a little bit, all right? And mainly this is something that just got me really pissed off. Um, It it just infuriated me. And mostly because the industry I'm in and the the types of people that I have to associate with, and I say have to, some of them are great people, some are terrible people in the fantasy sports space, in the daily fantasy sports space. Uh, I love our staff. I really do. I've told you guys I don't, I was not able to say that one year ago today. Uh, I'm so proud of the moves that we've made and the people that are I've surrounded myself with now here at Lead Sports Network, and I'm proud of these guys. And um, but we've got some real dog shit people that are lying to you, 
that are misleading you, that I, in my opinion, are stealing from you. And I'll get to that here in a little bit. So uh, before we get into that, though, I want to talk about our mock draft over there at fantasyguru.com. What we did, we decided to do this. We could have done a full staff mock draft and gone through the whole thing. But what we decided the best route to take is take our six biggest football people. All right. And just each of us draft two teams in each round or in this whole thing. So we get two picks in each round. So like I was picked five and pick 11. Okay. Phil Backer, Tyler Beaker, Ted Schuster, Armando Marcel, myself, and Russell Clay. Those are the six of us that took part in this. And and I didn't want to pull anybody else out because right now our daily fantasy basketball team, our daily fantasy hockey team, there's just lights out. Our fantasy guru of fantasy baseball guys, Ray Flowers and Vlad Sedler are on fire and doing so much content for the draft guy. I didn't want to pull anybody away from that. That's why we decided to do it this way. And I got to say, it's it proved to be one of the most interesting exercises in mock drafts that I've done this early in a, uh, you know, leading into a football season ever. And it, it was a hell of a lot of fun to do. You could find a complete draft the write-up by armando marsal over there at fantasyguru.com by the way congratulations to armando marsal the winner of the nfl writer of the year according to the football writers association of america a really 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 proud of armando and proud of our whole team i really am just a great group of people well deserving all of them i'm i haven't always been this type of person Okay, and that's why when I talk about the get-rich-quick schemes, I'll tell you straight out the ones I fell fell for. But I believe Armando's win is a win for the entire organization. It's – I felt the same way when uh, Jeff Collins was here and won an award and when I won uh, an NFL writing award, when I won the radio show of the the year award. It's not my award. It's our team's award. It's our circumstance. I get to keep it. Armando gets to keep his. Our, we had two guys, uh, Kenneth Lee and Ryan Clifford, who are both nominated for Hockey Writer of the Year. Either one of them should have won it, and they didn't, but it's because they probably cancel each other out. So it's kind of a, a shitty thing for them, but it's not about that. I've learned over time, you want to be on a winning team. You want to be around winners. Winners bring out the best in you. Positive environment, good surroundings brings out the best in you and all of us and they produce winners and if armando wins an award or tyler or russell or god forbid ted let's hope that never happens but maybe ted wins award. it's good for the whole team and it brings a spotlight to us it shows that the work that we're doing over here and uh i couldn't be more proud of our staff our entire staff everybody Award nominees, non-award nominees, winners, non-winners. I just can't speak highly enough. But anyway, um, so we did this draft, and I, I think it went very, very well. It was a lot of fun to do. I mentioned I got pick 5 and 11. The first overall pick went to Phil Backert. He is the our IDP guy at FantasyGuru.com. You also may recognize him. He's my producer at, at SiriusXM XM Fantasy Sports Radio, the Elite Sports Show, which I host every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Phil is the producer. You hear him every single show. He's one of the best in the business. He is the best in the business at producing. He's one of the best also football and baseball minds going as well. He did our bullpen coaches for us over elitefantasy.com as well. Phil had the first pick and wound up going with Christian McCaffrey. Um, his comments were he only played three games, but still the best all-around fantasy running back when healthy. And he referenced Mike Davis. And Mike Davis was a top 11 fantasy running back this past year. And if Mike Davis could be top 11 with only starting uh, 12 games, Right, he's eleventh best, and I mean, what can McCaffrey do? McCaffrey's just a sure thing in this offense, and I, I I back that up. I endorse it. I'm fine with that. There's a couple of players I would consider Dalvin Cook. I would consider Devonte Adams. Uh, I would consider Nick Chubb. 
especially I would consider Derrick Henry if you're in a non-PPR or even a half-point PPR. All those guys I would consider for that number one spot. But McCaffrey gets it uh, as of right now in our Fantasy Guru Fantasy Football Mock Draft. Dalvin Cook went second to Tyler Beaker. Um, If there's any downside to Dalvin Cook, it's that Gary Kubiak's no longer there. Now we still have... Clint Kubiak, his son is the offensive coordinator and Rick Dennison stayed put as the offensive line coach slash um, they call him run game coordinator. That's a huge thing because that's what really matters for running backs and for that Vikings backfield. That's why cook is so good has been the last two years, right? Uh, Nick Chubb went third, Ted Schuster took Chubb there. Best offensive line in football, likely to add a piece or two. The Browns have a lot of money still. Uh, 13th most cap room, over $20 million, $22 million in cap room for the Cleveland Browns. They got all their draft picks still. Um, This is a team that's going to add a piece, maybe to the offensive line, maybe at the wide receiver position, but it's going to create better running lanes for Chubb. I think we'll also see a lot less involvement from – uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, Kareem Hunt will become a true handcuff as opposed to like a part-time running back, which he was in 2020. So I don't, I don't mind that pick either. And Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor goes fourth overall to Armando Marsal. Um, just fantastic. I mean, Taylor looked like a different running back after sitting out uh, a week was week 11. So from week 11 on, he was a top five fantasy running back and uh, will be the feature back. No Marlon Mack in Indianapolis. Again, we, as of now, we don't know the quarterback's going to be, maybe it's Carson Wentz, but a, another team with a great offensive line there too. So I don't mind that. Then it was me at pick number five. And I was surprised that all the top four picks were all running backs. I really was. I was thinking maybe I'd get Chubb or Taylor, I thought maybe that was the way to go, but I had Devonte Adams still my, he's my number one wide receiver guy. I would consider number one overall, quite honestly, going into this. I have him still there. I had Alvin Kamara. Derek Henry was still available. Saquon. I'm, I'm interested in Saquon Barkley, you know, but at the end of the day, I went Devonte Adams. He's the surest thing in football. I really believe so in fantasy football. He just is. He he has such a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. He's such an important element to the offense. Um, just lockdown. You know, will another receiver? Can a guy like Medcalf or Ridley or somebody like that outproduce uh, Devonte Adams if Adams gets another piece on the opposite side? Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. But again when you're drafting in the early rounds and if you're taking it seriously, like we all did in this mock draft, you're not drafting. I hope you don't draft. This goes into the theme of the day, getting rich quick. Don't try. Don't use your first round pick to draft the player you think is going to score the most points in all of fantasy football. Cause then you start taking chances and get risky. What you should do is take the player. You're absolute that you would bet your entire life on that is going to be a top five at the position. Whether he's first or somebody else first, it doesn't matter. Devontae Adams is going to be top five fantasy wide receiver going. Not, it, it won't even be a contest unless there's an injury. And I don't see a reason for that either. Tyree Kill end up going sixth overall to Russell Clay. Um, Tyreek, what a, you know amazing year he had this year. And as Russ referenced in the write-up over at fantasyguru.com, 3,912 yards from scrimmage, 37 touchdowns over his last 43 games. That's from 2018 through 2020. That's all with uh, Patrick Mahomes under center. So, uh, you know, obviously game-breaking talent. Phil Backert had the seventh pick then, went Derrick Henry. Uh, He said that Kamara or Barkley were in consideration, but he went with the shortest thing coming off a 2,000-yard season. In Tennessee, Derrick Henry gets the nod. Alvin Kamara goes eighth to Tyler Beaker. Only thing I worry about with, well, for Derrick Henry, is he going to catch the ball enough? They lost their offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith. With Kamara, he has all these receptions, 80-plus in four straight seasons, including three straight of 81. Um, But Drew Brees retiring. What happens next? If you bring in a, a player that doesn't, 
check down all the time. I mean, look what happened with Taysom Hill. When Taysom Hill was in the game and started for the New Orleans Saints, the reception numbers for for Alvin Kamara plunged. I mean, they went down significantly. Looking at a guy that was, you know, averaging 5, 9, 13, 3, 8, 8, 9, uh, five, you know, receptions a game, seven, right? All these, and then Taysom Hill comes in, uh, zero, one, two, seven, three, three, two, three. Big difference between Breeze and another quarterback. So that's the one concern I have about Alvin Kamara. It just doesn't rush run for a lot of yards. His career high was this year, 932 yards and very touchdown reliant 16 this year, by the way, Kamara's touchdowns, eight, 14, five and 16 rushing touchdowns. I should say that's crazy. I mean, that's dramatic changes. So I get it, but I'm a little nervous and skeptical. I would have gone with, uh, Henry as he went and I would have went Saquon Barkley over him too uh, but Saquon Barkley goes next he goes ninth overall Ted Schuster making that uh, pick right there I think a lot of folks are going to sleep and forget about Saquon Barkley he's had two pretty injury riddled seasons now for the Giants running back after an absolute phenomenal start to his career in uh, 2018 but you know, it just hasn't materialized for him the last two seasons. Uh, when the two games that he actually did play didn't look very good in either one of them. Again, he would have been fine. But I, I, I like Saquon. I think if we can get him at the end of the first round, you're doing the right thing. Travis Kelsey, 10th overall to uh, Armando Marsal. Just such a consistent player. The only thing I'll say about Kelsey is be careful. Be careful that you're not expecting another 1,400 yards, 100-plus reception season from Kelsey. You're not getting that. That's not going to happen again. What's going to happen is 80-plus receptions, 1,000 yards, you know, and, and six-plus touchdowns. That's, that's what you know, and that's enough. Travis Kelsey had double the fantasy points of the third-highest fantasy-scoring tight end of the year. By the way, can you guess who that was? Do you know who's third in fantasy points scored in 2020 out of tight ends at the position? You know Waller's second. Everybody knows Waller's second. It was Logan Thomas. Logan freaking Thomas was third in fantasy points at 170 points. Meanwhile, uh, Kelsey had 312. It's not quite double, but nearly double. That's insane. That is insane. Don't expect that big of a differential, but uh, still a first rounder in my opinion. I have no doubt about that um, whatsoever. So Kelsey ends up going 10th there. I had the 11th pick. Here's what happened to me in this mock draft. Drafting around players you know. This is why I like the way we did it with only six of us drafting two teams because we're all really tapped in, really into fantasy football and Russell clay had the 12th pick. I wanted to start this draft off from the 11th spot with two, the two stud receivers after the run of running backs, McCaffrey cook, Chubb, Taylor, Henry Kamara and Barkley. After that, I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm, I want to give me two stud wide receivers. And I have my number two, and my number three overall wide receivers still on the board at this point because I have Tyreek four. Okay. But I knew if I took DK Metcalf, who I have number two in my rankings for 2021, I knew if I took him that DeAndre Hopkins absolutely was going to go off the board to Russell Clay. So I tried to manipulate my dude, Russ. And I tried to, I went Hopkins first thinking, all right, Metcalf, he'll take a running back most likely. And he'll take a wide receiver. I kind of thought it would be Kelvin Ridley or Stefan Diggs. I thought for sure he would take one of those guys and then I'd get Metcalf. Nope. My man, Russ took Metcalf with the 12th pick in the first round. So kind of screwed me on that one. Um, 
as he took Medcalf and then Ezekiel Elliott went 13th, first pick of the second round. That left me in a quandary at 14th overall. I already had Hopkins on this team. I had planned on starting out wide receiver, wide receiver. I like Stefan Diggs, but was it a fluke? Such a massive year, not just by Josh Allen, just the amount of passes they did, the amount of targets by Diggs. I just don't have Diggs that high of a grade. All right. So my next best wide receiver was Calvin Ridley. It was between Ridley and a running back at that spot. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go running back. I'm going to go running back. And I took Austin Eckler. What I love about Eckler is this Joe Lombardi is the offense coordinator in LA with the chargers. Now um, Brandon Staley, a defensive minded head coach, is in place as well. We're going to get more rushing attempts. We're going to get less segmentation with the running backs. I think Austin Eckler is going to be the Alvin Kamara of this offense. I really do. And you look at Justin Herbert, he didn't check down a lot last year, right? He didn't check down a lot, but he has a history of it. He it's, he was the number one check down quarterback at Oregon his uh, final year there in college. So, you know, as they start getting to Justin Herbert and figuring out his tendencies uh, a little bit more there, I think we'll see plenty of check downs. I really do. So when Eckler was in the game, Eckler had 65 targets and 54 catches played nine games. Really? That's a lot. So I I like Eckler a great deal going into next year. He wound up being my pick at 14 overall Calvin Ridley indeed off the board next to Armando Marsal at the 15th overall pick third pick of the second round cam Akers, Ted Schuster uh, took cam Akers at that spot. A lot of people speculating in there. I felt there was a lot of running backs available too. Like even when I took Eckler, I like Akers in that slot, Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders. I like all of them a fair amount. All right. And so Ted preferring Akers over some of these other names, I think was interesting, but can't argue with what Akers did down the stretch and in the playoffs for the Rams. And Sean McVay's running back is always a big time commodity in fantasy football. So Akers 16th overall, Stefan Diggs goes to Tyler Beaker at 17th overall, a uh, huge leap for Josh Allen with him. You know, uh, Tyler mentions that Brian Dayball staying as offensive coordinator. He thinks another 150 plus target campaign is on the horizon for Stefan Diggs. T- Phil Backert went Keenan Allen with the next pick. Um, 18th overall, sixth pick of the second round. Here's one that's very controversial. I think was the biggest reach of the early rounds. Antonio Gibson, Russell Clay goes with him. 19th overall, the seventh pick of the second round. Took Gibson over Sanders, Swift, Mixon, Edwards, Alaire, Dobbins, Josh Jacobs. Pretty surprising, but Russ said, Gibson averaged 1,042 yards from, or got 1,042 yards from scrimmage, 11 touchdowns in 14 games as a rookie. And he thinks that he has a lot of upside in the passing game, which I don't disagree. I don't disagree with I think there is, I think the touchdown numbers come down. I think the rushing numbers stay about where they are at, but he does have upside with the passing game. Remember this is a converted wide receiver that just wasn't involved in the passing game for whatever reason in Washington last year. I had the next pick and on a team that already had Devontae Adams at this point, I was really interested in going maybe another receiver here, knowing there were so many running backs on the board, but I also looked at it like I better get one of these backs because I felt a run of running backs going, especially with Gibson off the board. Like I wasn't even considering Gibson. So I, I thought there was going to be a run and I turned out to be right. I took Joe Mixon 20th pick overall in this draft in the second round. You look at Joe Burrow, Jonah Williams, the left tackle returning. They have the fifth pick in the draft. They have the fifth most salary cap room in all of football. The Bengals are going to add more to this offense. Second year is usually the breakout for, for, young quarterbacks 
it's wild. I, I think Joe Mixon, remember, he's only 25 years of age too. It's not like he's an old man yet. And we saved a lot of wear and tear on his body from him missing so much time last year, them shutting him down. I think Joe Mixon really smashes in 2021. Uh, speaking of 21, 21st overall pick here ends up being DeAndre Swift. Armando Marcel took DeAndre Swift. Ted Schuster was next, 22nd overall with Miles Sanders. So as I said, now all of a sudden we started going running back, running back, running back. Uh, Swift off the board. Miles Sanders off the board. George Kittle goes 23rd overall, the 11th pick of the second round to Tyler Beaker. Uh, we, we know about tight ends. Travis Kelsey's worth the first round pick George Kittle though. Can he stay healthy? He's played four seasons in the NFL. Two of the seasons he's been hurt two seasons. He smashed. So what are we going to see in 2021? It's a tough one, but you have that kind of upside. He has that. He has, he's the only guy that has Travis Kelsey. I struggle to even say that Travis Kelsey type upside at that position. I know Waller had an amazing year. But there'll be regression off Waller. We all know that. Kittle in this spot makes sense. I I have a third round grade on him myself, so maybe it's a couple picks too early. But if you're not going to go for it, the difference that having a guy like Kelsey Kittle or Waller gives you at that position is just insurmountable. Nobody can come close to you at that spot, and it makes your running backs and receivers play up even if you don't have a breakout one. So the final pick of the second round and the first pick of the third round were both running backs. Once again, it's two of the guys that I'm bullish on going into the year, Clyde Edwards, Alaire and JK Dobbins. They both go to Phil Backert. So fucking Phil takes all these running backs off of the board. I Edwards, Alaire is going in the fifth round in best ball leagues right now. Everybody hates him after making yet. They took him fifth overall and going into his rookie year. And then the second year, they hate him. Folks, trust me, Damian Williams is not going to be impactful. I doubt Damian Williams is on the Kansas City Chiefs team in 2021. I really doubt it. He's not going to impact Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I, I don't mind the pick in the second round, but I still was really, really counting on and hoping that Edwards-Hilaire was going to fall. I may have made that pick with one of my uh, third rounders, you know, but I thought I, I probably I definitely would have made him by the uh, my 11th pick in that round. I absolutely would have made that pick if he was there, but I probably would have picked the fifth too in the third round. So there you guys go. That's a, a small sample. The rest of the breakdown, every single pick is over there. Fantasyguru.com. That's the place to go. A great write-up by Armando Marsal. All of our thoughts on this 12-team full-point PPR 2021 fantasy football mock draft can be found over there. Uh, we'll talk more about it. I'll get, I want to get Armando on to talk about it. We'll get Russ and Tyler involved here as well to do some conversations about fantasy football. Definitely going to hit the NFL draft very, very hard in the coming days and weeks ahead. I mentioned at the start of the show, we'll be doing more episodes of this podcast. I can't wait. Next week's going to be a very special one. Got a great guest coming on. Um, we'll tell you who it is yet, uh, and um, we'll tell you the topic. I kind of like you guys to be surprised by the topics. I hope you guys enjoy that, too. Uh, try to give you some sports commentary, football. We'll do baseball. Plenty of those two sports coming at you. We'll do a little NBA and whatnot going ahead. But I'm also going to get into life stories. You know, I've done – um shows about you know my illnesses and depression and uh my family growing up and stuff like that i'm gonna do more of those in the days and weeks ahead we'll also have plenty of guests too but it is one man's opinion and you know we've got a lot to say what am i gonna do today i want to also talk about get rich quick schemes now here's where this comes from how many of you are watching the or you know, on Twitter specifically, NBA Top Shot. Uh, ESPN did a, a big article um, on this one. They did a, a whole write-up about NBA Top Shot. And if you're not familiar with Top Shot, Top Shot essentially is moments. They're highlights, NBA highlights, that they captured into like a 
like a gif right like a gif gif they you know where it's like a, a zion williamson block or a, um um damian lillard three-point shot or draymond green slam dunk or you know whatever it is and they translate to that and you get packs of them and they're all limited so there's only x amount maybe 500 or a thousand per moment and they they sell they buy sell and trade you can buy packs of them it's all virtual it's all on your computers and, and um it's all online so you don't get any physical thing it's all virtual so but you own these moments once you buy them from nba top shot and uh, and that so there's a write-up on it on espn and that's why i'm sure some of you read it that's why i felt like i had to talk about this today i'm not going to get into shitting all over top shot i've done that before i i i want to have an open mind with everything i do because i top shot's not going to be something jeff manzo's into especially right now it's just not interesting to me but some of you may be interested and if you are interested in them and it brings you satisfaction if it brings you joy, if it's entertainment, if it's something you like doing, part of the community, whatever, that that's wonderful. And I suggest you keep doing it. Do what you enjoy. Do what you like. But let me be clear on something. Don't do this to make money. Don't do any of this shit thinking you're going to make a lot of money on it. Don't fucking do it. We, as a society, need to stop the get-rich-quick schemes. These are getting so fucking out of control, it's mind-blowing to me. They're out of control. Let me, just, let me just be clear with everybody. You're not getting rich quick. There's no easy way. I'm not, I am the goddamn law on this. I promise you, you have no fucking chance of getting rich quick, period. Not going to happen. Don't give me any bullshit excuses. Don't, don't lie to me. You can lie to yourselves. You can lie to your wives and girlfriends and, and family members or whatever. I get it. I, I get it. And let, but you're, it's never going to happen. You're never going to make money on these pyramid schemes. You're never going to make money on collectibles. Do you know why you're never going to make money on Top Shot or any collectible? Because you think you're going to make money on it. In the collectible sports memorabilia market, when you don't think something is going to be valuable, that's when it's valuable. Nothing in the last 30 years, there's not been anything that's a collect that anybody has built, any new item that's come out that everybody said was good. It's going to be a collectible, going to be a collector's item, going to be, nothing has ever held true. It's all been lies. It's all been bullshit. Beanie babies, bobbleheads, fucking, you know, all, all the, the autographs and card collecting right now. Can you make money? Do some people make some money? Yes. But they also lie about the amount of money that they make. They, they got a Justin Herbert autograph and they sold it for $5,000 to you, you think that they made $5,000 to me and to their, their bottom line, their pocketbook, they spent $8,000 to get that one card. Do you know how much fucking money boxes of cards are these days? You're spending thousands and thousands and thousands to make thousands and thousands. At the best, you're staying even. You are better off going contrarian something, get something else. I went through, and I'm still in the process of going through a bunch of my sports cards. I am selling fucking everything right now. The reason I'm selling all my sports cards, or as many as I can, is because they're never going to be at this value again. I'm getting people, and they didn't cost me anything. They, I, it cost my parents. I used to bring in shopping carts and stock shelves for my dad's grocery store growing up. And he would pay me in football cards or baseball cards, whatever. I have fucking gremlins cards. I have fucking hockey and uh, all the, whatever was there. Like, I just like sports cards. 
And turns out I got a bunch of Jerry Rice rookies and Ryan Sandberg rookies and Frank Thomas rookies and Tim Raines and Ricky Henderson and Michael Jordan. And I got all these rookies and all these cards and now they're worth something. And I sat here four years ago when I moved to Arizona, I went through all this shit and I looked up, Oh man, this has got to be worth. I remember specifically it's 1988, Michael Jordan. I'm like, Oh shit, this has got to be, you know, this is his third year. Blah. I thought it was going to be oh, man, thousands of dollars. I looked it up. I was like, worth 600 bucks 800 if it's graded and, and i'm like that's it and again that's not that's good money fuck i paid nothing for it. i got out of a pack of cards in 1988 i looked it up recently fucking thinks fifteen thousand dollars it's going for an ebay holy shit okay well now i'm just buying i'm, I'm selling it i'm gonna sell everything fuck it i'll make some money on it but you know the thing is i have zero invested in these cards. The six-year-old to 13-year-old Jeff Mans has, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred dollars worth. My parents, if we total up all the money those cards cost me, it's probably a couple hundred dollars. That's it. That's the overhead. So making money on it that way, great. But you're not doing that. You are that are in the card collecting market now you that are buying these top shots, you guys are spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I don't, you have to understand when I'm selling my, uh, my Michael Jordan, which by the way, I found another one. I have two of them so far. I might have more. Two of these Jordan cards. If I, if I am to sell them, I'm selling to a very, 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 very small market of people. Super rich people, they're going to buy it. Maybe if they even do I mean, that's that's it. I got to ask you guys, where are you? If you're spending thousands of dollars, I saw somebody bought $100,000 Zion Williamson block shot. Okay, who in the fucking world is going to buy that moment for, you know, you let's say what, you want to make at least 20% profit? 120,000, what if Zion craps out? He's been up and down this season. What if nobody cares about Zion Williamson in five years? You know, not saying he's Kwame Brown, but we don't know what this guy's career, that block could be fucking garbage. $100,000 could do a lot of good in the world. It could have provided a year of salary for somebody that would be amazing, you know, right? I mean, it, it's that's a lot of money. And you blew it on absolutely nothing. But let's say Zion has a good career and everything's great. But does that mean he's going to have more moments? Better moments? In order for that card to increase in value or that moment, he's there's going to have to be more valuable moments. So, And then once he does, who the fuck is buying this thing for $120,000? What market of people? It's not like, you know, you can bring it to a baseball card shop comic book store and say, Hey, could you give me 120,000 on the register for this? Nobody has that money. It's not real. The people that you're selling to, it's so fucking minimal. There's no get rich quick. No, there's no way to get rich quick. There is no way. Stop thinking it's going to happen for you. I I'll tell you a story, uh, you know, so I tried get rich quick schemes back in the day. I thought just like, Many of you just, I was one of you. I always want every, we all want to be wealthy. I grew up dirt poor. Yeah. You know, my backstory. I'll try not to get into it too much, but I didn't have any money. I remember, you know, I filled out my student loan papers in 1994, 1995, I'm sorry, 1996 for my parents. My parents made it combined. Both worked full-time, full-time employed, $34,000 combined, combined income. And that's the first time I had ever realized them. They said, oh, you're poverty. You are eligible for, I think it was a Pell Grant at that time through the government. I'm like, what? What? We're poor? No, we used to be poor. I'm like, no, we're rolling in it now. We make $30,000 my parents. They're loaded. I had no fucking concept that we were that poor. No idea. But we were. So I always wanted to bad lot. I always wanted to. And I did it. I mean, I've always had a side hustle. I've worked two jobs pretty much my whole life. Really have. I used to work two full-time jobs. I worked three full-time jobs at one point for a year and a half. 
I'd go to one job, go work. I used to work in computers. I, I work, go to the government, go to the postal service to work in, in their, uh, at their plant that for eight, nine hours a day. Then I'd go from like seven to four. And then, for, yeah, I'd go to the next town over, go to um, a, a, a warehouse where I would do help desk for computers and warranties and shit. And I worked from four to midnight there. And then after that, I, I was starting my own business where I took warranties and sold uh, extra, uh, extended warranties to uh, companies, Montgomery Ward, Office Max, Circuit City was my biggest account. Of course, they all went out of business. But I, when you would buy a extended warranty for a computer, I was the guy you called, not anybody else. I was the only one in the total United States. And I started that business myself in my garage while working two other jobs. So, and I ended up selling that business to GE and uh, back in 2003. So like I worked these other side hustles, but while I was doing it before that, even we did a thing back in those days, they said sealing envelopes, you could seal envelopes. And, you know, if you seal a thousand envelopes, you get, you can make a thousand dollars a day or a thousand dollars a week, you know, uh, stuffing envelopes. You, you put you know, mailers in there for junk mailers and stuff. And my wife and I came up with the idea. My wife and I said, yeah, we could do it. And you could do it between these hours and I'll do it. And we're going to make money. So we did it. We got these things. We, we, of course, you always have to pay some money to start out and they all oh, pay money to make money. Same thing. With top shot people. Oh, you pay money to make money. No, you didn't make shit. You don't make any money. You, you can't stuff that many envelopes in that amount of time. They don't give you enough product. It's all bullshit. What they want you to do is recruit more people and then you make money up there and then you make money up there. It's all fucking pyramid. It's all it is. Amway, all that shit. My wife did it for years. Now she did it and supplemented incomes when I was starting out in fantasy and she sold everything. Mary Kay Cosmetics and 31 bags and Pampered Chef and all these things and make a little bit of money here and there. And at that point, a little bit of money is wonderful. And if that's what you're doing, any of these th side hustles for, wonderful. Make a little bit of side money and do it and go for it. But you're never getting rich. This isn't your ticket. You're never going to get rich doing them. I promise you. I swear on my, my dad's grave, my kids' heads. You're never going to make any real significant money doing these things. If you want to get rich quick, if you want to get rich, for one, it's not quick. Never do it for quick. Never put a time on it. What you need to do is spend the time you would do on your side hustle and put it into your real career. Put it into real work. Or if, you're if you want to get out of your career, you don't like your regular career job and something you just did for a while. That's why I got into tech. I was going to be a journalist and I was a journalist in college and when I got out of college and I was, that's another thing. I was writing for the Daily Herald and all that shit. And, and I got into tech. I switched degrees from journalism to computer science because A, it was quicker. It was a more direct degree. And I, the tech sector was booming. So I rode the wave. I, my heart wasn't in it. It's not what I wanted. And I didn't get rich quick. I sold my company GE. I made pretty good money. I'll say I was rich at that point. But again, I worked 22 hour days built my own company. I did it for multiple years. It wasn't just, oh, I got a bunch of envelopes stuffed and did that. I sold some 31 purses. Those don't work. Collectibles, you're not going to make money doing that. The best people, you're not going to make a ton of money in DFS. You're not going to make a ton of money in sports betting. People that make real money doing these things, and I'm one of them, we make money grinding this shit out. And what seems like exhaustion to you and seems, and that's the secret of my success in the fantasy industry is quite simple. Outwork everybody and outlast everybody. You know how many people, I mean, these pieces of shit that I used to work with here that um, I would love, I can't wait to get into a war with some of them. I'm just waiting for them to slip up. I can't wait, but the thing is, the thing they hated, they can't say a goddamn thing about me because I outworked their ass. I outworked them 10 to 1, and they don't like it. They couldn't win it. 
So they make fun of the hard work. They make fun of long articles. They make fun of taking care of customers. They think it's dumb. It's dumb to do it. No, it's not. Because I hold all the fucking power, all the power on them. I know my craft. I know my skills. I know what I'm good at. I, I know what I'm bad at. And I hammer it. I fucking hammer it. It's not a lot of things that I'm good at. But the, I just hammer what I am. I don't waste time anymore. I don't waste I, I work people. Work them. Outwork them. Outlast them. That's how you get rich quick. I shouldn't say not quick. That's how you get rich. Just do your job very, very well. Hone in on it. Find new ways to do it. Improve the efficiency at your job. If you want to get into another industry or tech, do it. Do it because you want to. Don't do it for the money. It's in sports. Don't think about your free throw percentage while you're at the stripe. Don't think about hitting a home run when you're up to the plate. Don't think about how precise of a pass you need to throw when you're dropping back. Don't do that. Just do it. Just do it. Shut up. Shut the fuck up and do it. Stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. Do it. Do the work. That's something that is just lost in our world today. It's lost. People don't want to work. They just don't want to. And I've said this before, you want to get rich, start a landscaping business. Start a landscaping business. You don't believe me? There is not, again, I I know I sound like a blowhard probably, but I hope everybody understands that I was not wealthy before and maybe I'll blow it all on fucking Top Shot or some goofy ass shit someday. But where I live now, not a single person in my neighborhood cuts their own grass, does their own tree trimming or rakes or anything not one person there's hundreds of houses in and around my town thousands of houses not one person nobody wants to cut grass and if you're in the northern states right now think about shoveling your driveway think how much you fucking hate it think about how terrible the edges of your driveway is think about it nobody manual labor Nobody wants to do it in 2021. Nobody. Nobody. Think about how many people know how to fix things, build things. Can you build a desk from scratch from just getting wood? Can you do it? Uh, Maybe I could. Bullshit. No, you can't. Shut the fuck up. Liar. Those are the people. Trades. Learning a trade. If school's not your thing or maybe your kids or whatever. That's where you're going to be able to charge. Right now, to get a good landscape, everything's market price. Start a landscaping company. Eventually, you could charge legitimately any money you virtually want. $100 a week, $400 a month. What would you do? You would have to pay it. I would have to pay it. I have no choice. I'm not doing that shit. Right? At this stage, no. I can make more doing my job than I can make. The, I fill out a DFS lineup in football season, and you know I can make $1,000 to that 100 So, <laughs> you know, and pound out. $100 of, you know, a, a week at X amount. You have eight clients a day, make $800 uh, a fucking day, work five, work seven days a week, goddamn it. Like, work, I could just crush this shit. You can make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in landscaping and no shoveling and plowing in the Northern States, clearing parking lots and driveways. People can't do manual labor and they're not going to do manual labor. Jobs are all migrating online. Everybody wants the quick and easy way, building desks, repairing cement. These are jobs that nobody seems to want. Everybody wants the easy way. That's fine, but it's jobs that, It's the jobs that are going to pay the most money in the days and years ahead. Mark my words. You want to get rich, quick, rich, go do those jobs. Start those jobs. Be the only guy in your neighborhood that does it. That will make you a lot of money. And no, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to just fall into it and, you know, cut the lawn of the fucking Kardashians and say, I want $10,000 a day. That's not, it's not going to happen. 
but it's productive every day pile. Here, here's an easy way to look at your finances. The easy way to do it is think of your bank account as a giant pot in the middle of the room. How every single day you should be putting more into that pot than you're taking out. Do that for 30 days in a month, whatever it is. It could be $1 more. At the end of the month, you have $30 to stash away. That's more than I had for you know uh, pretty much a decade. I was not saving many times. I wasn't saving $30 a month. That's the way to do it. And I, I'm just real fucking tired of these imbeciles and trying to give away financial advice. Fucking GameStop and stocks and top shots and sports cards and all this bullshit. For one, don't trust these guys. Folks, don't, don't you dare trust them. You don't have to believe me and you don't have to take, you don't have to go start a landscaping business because Jeff Mann fucking said so. Of course not. But I hope the spirit of what I'm saying is understood because I am watching good, smart, really good people that are followers of mine and customers and listeners and subscribers and all that. And I'm watching them get pulled into these arenas. I watched I watched human beings throw their life away because they legitimately, honestly, for real, believe there's a, a, a network of reptiles taking human form and controlling government or whatever the fuck it was. Like, for real. They threw their life away. There's people that were making thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a month a month, what you, many of us make in a year, they made in a month and they threw it in the toilet. I'm watching it happen with sports cards. I'm watching it with Top Shot. People that pretend to have a lot of money. DFS Twitter, nobody has any money. I want you guys to know that. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. I don't try to be mean. Um, but they don't, they don't have money. They don't know how to make money. Do you guys realize, here's a little secret, Robin, I didn't tell you on that podcast about elite. Do you know how many times we had to give payroll advances to these fucks? Do you know how many times these guys needed money because they were broke? I'm talking can't pay rent, don't have money for food. They couldn't get a fucking quarter pounder at McDonald's. They had no money. Then they'd go on Twitter and talk about spending five or play $10,000 supposedly a night of daily fantasy sports. They, they didn't, they couldn't keep their apartments, their shithole ratty ass apartments. They couldn't get them. And, but then they go online and, and they're you, I swear to God, some of these guys, I watch some of them and I, I'm like, you guys are poor, like real poor. And they're, People are all flocking to them. Maybe some of you are flocking to them thinking they have the answer. Oh, how do I make money doing it? How do I? Don't listen to them. Go to work. Sorry to be the, the pail of cold water over your head. You're not getting rich on top shots. You're not getting rich on the baseball card market. You're not getting rich fucking betting on Robinhood stocks from Reddit. You're not doing it. Get good at your job. If you, for a moment, even like daily fantasy, even if you hit, you got one big hit, get the fuck out of the market. Go back and play within your means. Cash out and play within your means. You guys know, I, Ted and I won that $100,000 of Playboy Mansion, probably our biggest signature win, even though we won a quarter of a million less than a year later, and nobody talks about that one ever. We pretty much gave that $100,000 back. We for fucking just, throwing money into qualifiers, thousand, five thousand, thousand, five thousand. That fucking money goes quick. I got a patio furniture set out of that money. It's about what I got. And the rest, we were just fucking chased it. And then we went 250. Thank God. After the 250, we started doing the same thing until we realized that we took a good hard look. Like, what the fuck are we doing? 
more importantly, I think our wives said, what the fuck are you guys doing? You maniacs put that money away. Why are you spy? Are you doing great? Well, we got to keep up with it. Best thing I ever did. You know how I became rich. <laughs> I moved to Arizona. That's what I did. I personally stopped playing, playing with Ted. Like now it's easy. It's easy money. Now it doesn't cost us nearly as much so much less overhead to play and we've had success and we're good at it and we don't play bullshit. We also used to play NASCAR and hockey and fucking golf and blah, blah, blah. Now we play baseball and football. That's it. I don't talk NBA. You know, I don't talk about NASCAR. I don't do that shit. Cause it's not what I know. I trust the people that do if, and when we play it's because fucking CJ or fucking uh, Brian Healy or Ricky Sanders or somebody told us this is what to do. We have a really good vibe up tonight. This is what to do. I listened to Ray and Vlad on baseball, even listened to our guys on hockey and Nick Rodriguez and Kenneth Lee and Ryan Clifford, Todd Cordell. Listen to our guys. And even that, even listening to them, I don't, Put in a lot. I'm not playing 1K fucking qualifiers in that sport anymore. And then also I moved to Arizona because I stopped paying the property taxes. I went from paying $12,000 a year in property tax to paying $2,000. So I bought a bigger house and for more money. And I all the money, at the end, when I'm done paying off my house, I will have twice as much money as I would have had with the exact same mortgage payment in Illinois. That's another thing. You want to get rich quick? Stop fucking being idiotic. Move. Stop paying crazy taxes in Jersey and New York and Illinois and California. Fucking nuts. We're all crazy for doing that. Or stay there. Pay the fucking your government all this money. And, you know, out here in Arizona, we're going to be the richest state in the fucking world. It's property values just go up. And meanwhile, we're paying the same payments you all are paying, except it's going to an asset that we turn around and can sell. We're not paying the, the fees for all of it. It's another way to make money. Be smart. Work hard. Get really good. Master your craft. Do your job the best you can. Put in more hours. When overtime is available, take it. Work for time and a half. Work for double time. I've done the hourly thing many, many times. Anytime, you know, there, no overtime, no overtime. Then everybody else flakes out. Everybody fakes their sickness, calls in sick, blah, blah, blah. Hey, well, can you do it? Well, yeah, I'll go over 40. Well, we have no choice. All right, time and a half for me, baby. Work. Work. Stop trying, stop trying to rub a fucking lamp as if that's going to solve your problems. It's never going to solve your financial problems. Stop listening to people that haven't had, don't have it figured out. Maybe I don't. I've sold two businesses, though. I'm not any smarter than any of you. I promise you. I have some life experiences. Fortunately, I've gotten lucky in a lot of ways. I work my ass off. Work, 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 work. Always make yourself valuable. That's another thing at your job. You want to know something about elite? You know Tommy wanted to get rid of my ass. Oh, that was the plan. I guarantee you I knew it was the plan. Tommy and Kevin, they wanted, oh, they didn't think they were, oh. Their whole plan was that they were going to take my audience away. I fucking know it. You think I didn't know it from the start? Of course I did. I'm not stupid. But I also knew uh, I'm going to outwork them. I knew I was going to outwork them. I knew it. Knew it from the get-go. You're not going to get rid of me. I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to make myself valuable because I'm the guy who's there. I'm true. I'm honest. I will be at work every day. I will do the work necessary. The people that are doing the work are the ones that you have to count on the most. It's not the bosses. It's not the ones telling everybody what to do. The idea men aren't the rich guys. Everybody's got a fucking idea. That's not a pride. Oh, everyone, everyone likes Shark Tank and so Shark Tank's great. But guess what? Those people that come up with the ideas actually build a product. They figure out manufacturing. They figure out naming and licensing and all that shit. That's the part that they don't get into those details very much, much on Shark Tank. 
I've never been afraid of it. People say, oh, oh man's doesn't do this, man. Like, well, let's go. It can't outwork me. Can't do it. And the more work you put in, the more important you become, the more valuable you become. That's it. At your company, at my company, wherever we are. Make yourself valuable. Then you could command whatever you want. I'm sitting here today and the people in Orange Capital and Rob, if I said, Rob, I, I shall declare I want this much money. I could make more money tomorrow. I can just decide it. I know it. I can just say, I want more money. I can get more money tomorrow. Not about money. Not for me. Not now. Not for our business. I'd rather see Armando Marsal get rich and Tyler Beaker. These are the guys who will, by the way. By the way, they will be getting Russell Clay, hardworking motherfuckers. Hard-ass working motherfuckers. Those are the guys that are on the come. They are the guys that are next. They are the guys who are going to command big salaries going forward in this space. And what happens in the fantasy industry, same all over. It doesn't matter if you're an engineer, you're in sales, you know us, salespeople know it. <laughs> the most valuable people in the company is the best seller, best salesman. People are bringing customers, have the best relationships, best contacts, best Rolodex. They can't replace that. Nobody can come. You know, you go out there, you hit the road, you're on the road. You're important. Make yourself as important as it gets. Make yourself as valuable as you can. Don't fall for the gimmicks. Don't fall for everybody. Don't spend all your time searching for the easiest way out. I know it's what you want. It's what I want. It's what everybody, it's what we, it, it's our natural instinct. Of course, we want to get rich quick. Of course, we want to just stuff an envelope or sell fucking Mary Kay cosmetics or, or have everybody else do the work while we get rich. Of course. But there, how do you get to that point? That point, you cannot get to that point without being the most valuable person in your company first. Then eventually, you work into the back end. Then once you have a lot of money, that's what I'm learning now. I've learned that now. Now I just have to buy businesses and companies and buy into invest, and I could buy shares of different things and buy. And just so you're aware, that's what they're doing to you with top shots. That's what they're doing to you with all these gimmicks on social media, DFS, Twitter. That's what they're doing. They're just getting you all excited to buy while they make money. Top Shot has made like a, they're worth a billion dollars all of a sudden. How the fuck is that possible? They have an underscore like me on their Twitter account. They're worth a billion dollars and anybody invested in there, that's the people that made all the money. And then guess what? They're going to go sell all their shares because they're smart. They're not going to say it's going to the moon forever. Just like the people with GameStop, the people who bought in, wrote it and then got the fuck out immediately. They're the ones that made money. All the sheep that jumped in later, you guys all lost money. Stop being the sheep. Stop being those sheep, please. All right, I've harped enough on this. That, that's the way to do it. I hope this helps people. I really do. I have a real problem with being lied to, being misled. I don't like it. And I'm really sick of my industry participating in this and keeping this going because I just can't tolerate it any longer. And I hope you guys eventually see through it. And I hope that you all uh, stay out of it and don't lose your money. Don't lose your investments. You don't have the context these other guys do. You don't, you know, they're making money off the backside, not the front side. They're selling you a heaping pile of shit that you invest in to build up to make them money and then they get the fuck out of Dodge. That's the trick. That's what's happening. Whether you see it or don't or not. Um, all right, there we go. Um, again, a great uh, conversation here today. I hope uh, check out fantasyguru.com for the staff mock draft over there. Didn't get to any fantasy baseball on the show. I've been talking a lot about it on Sirius XM. Remember, the 2021 Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide is available at fantasyguru.com out there as well. Next week's episode, 
one that you will not want to miss. We, I and I have a very special co-host for next up next week's episode. We are going to take on one of the most difficult topics there is to discuss in our culture, in our lives. All right. That is a one you do not want to miss. Yes. We'll weave sports into it. Yes. It's a familiar name. You guys all know. Uh, I, I got a lot more. If there's other stories you want to hear, if you other topics you want to get into, hit me up at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, the Jeff man's on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Also remember guys that we, your special little, uh, one man's opinion podcast right here are we are sponsored by the great folks over at Stat Hero. You got to get over there, stathero.com. They have the tremendous app as well. And uh, every single day, there's new contests to join. They have their very special sports books. That's their rivals thing that you just, all you have to do is win, take on Stat Hero. You beat them, beat their projection for the day, and boom, you get the. Uh, you get the money, you double up your money. It's a nice, easy way. Unlike having to compete with me and all the other sharks and all the other DFS people, uh, instead of doing that, you all you have to do is beat the stat hero machine. And for us, in our NBA guys over there, elite fantasy, elite sports betting shit, it's been pretty easy. It's been rather easy to, uh, to beat the stat hero machine over the last few weeks based on our projections. So make sure you get over there and uh, get to that stathero.com. Use the promo code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E, for a uh, a 25% bonus on your first deposit over there as well. We will uh, definitely be doing a lot more with our guys over at stathero and stathero.com as well. All right, folks, that's going to do it for episode 53. Thank you for indulging me in this topic. If you want to reach out, but I want that to be understood as well. During the NFL season, I have very little time to do anything that's not football outside because the workload is 20 hours a day. It's a lot. But at this time of year, if you want to reach out and you need help, you need advice, whether it's on a time, whatever it is, you know, I've dealt with depression, family issues, cancer, um, topics like this, the get rich quick stuff. If you think you're being hoodwinked or bamboozled or, or you're going through something, hit me up at Jeff underscore man's. I want to talk to you. I want to help you if I can. I can't help a lot of people in the world, but you know, I've had some life experiences that I think relate to a lot of people. I've, I've fallen. I've fell for a lot of these things before in the past, in my younger days, I've managed to avoid them in my older days here. And uh, um, I think I've come clean on the other side on some of this, especially with the get rich quick stuff. So always feel free to hit me up anytime on social media, uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and on Twitter. That will do it. Appreciate you guys tuning in, downloading, um, interacting with it uh, as well. Don't forget all the previous 52 episodes can be found on iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you get your favorite Podbean, uh, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, wherever it may be. Um, remember elitefantasy.com, fantasyguru.com, elitesportsbetting.com, the Daily Dime, brand new, perfectly free bet of the day game breakdown of the night what to watch on tv your uh, uh very you know hot chicks and bathing suits everything uh totally free newsletter delivered to your email inbox elite sports betting.com slash the daily dime is where to go that's going to do it for this appreciate you guys tuning in we'll see you next time everybody remember you may disagree and chances are this time you did it's okay why it's just one man's opinion we'll see you next time everybody Deuces!